Hello, everybody. Hi, Martha. Hi, Vivian. Ooh, it's working. Okay, we can't hear anything. Are we sure that speaker isn't turned up? Oh, no. A little. There oh. we go. I can hear you now. <laughs> awesome. How are you doing the, t this evening? We're good. All the important people are here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So were, were either one of you there on Sunday? Yes, I was there. 
It was great. Awesome. I love what you had to say. Excellent. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> because um, I would like to, first of all, know what's on your hearts. If you have anything you want to talk about or any, any questions or anything like that. Otherwise, I'm going to share what, what I got. <laughs> So let's go ahead. Do you have anything that you wanted to talk about, Vivian? Talked about um, you know the power of the mind, or you were speaking about our mind, soul, and spirit, and you know we're about as a man thinks in his heart. And uh, it was great because I had made a comment about I can't remember it was something about um, oh yeah I had looked into the words thinking and it was uh, it meant um, gateway. So how your thinking faculty is your gateway to your spirit and soul so uh, and then we had talked about stuff like that so i just thought it was really good all the research that you did in regards to that was kind of what i've been doing the past few years so it was really nice to hear your perspective of it i thought it was really really well done it's good so i was just kind of thinking about it since sunday so i don't have a particular question but just maybe a comment that i appreciated um your, what you did on sunday it was very good and informative I'm glad. I'm glad. Thanks for the feedback. I appreciate that. <laughs> Hi, Debbie. Hi, Larry. Hi, Maxine. Hi, Martha. Hi, Norma. I know we can't see you. <laughs> but I wanted to say hi. Yay. Hello, so hello, hello. I'm here. I'm just there. cooking dinner, so I have to go on mute. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Thanks. So, did anyone have anything they wanted to talk about? No? Okay, well then, I'm going to introduce something. So, this morning in my quiet time with the Lord, I was, I was pondering something, and um, you guys probably know that Tom and I are into music, and uh, the Lord just kind of prompted me, and he said, well, how do musicians know how to play all those songs. And so Tom and I play a lot by the Spirit, and we don't really use sheet music. When I was on a worship team, I used to use sheet music, just had the chords, and I could play around within the chords when I played on the keyboard. Um, but other than that, I didn't memorize any songs. And so, you know, I was prompted, and I thought, well, wow, that's a good question. I'm going to go research it. And it ended up leading to you know, like what the Lord's been talking to me about today, which um, starts off with how do they remember all those songs? You know, especially if they're in big concerts and they don't have any music before them and they're passionately getting involved in it. And so what I found out, maybe you guys already know this, is it's just a repetition. And that that uh, question kind of led me on a little journey this morning about, well, you know, how does our mind remember all these things? And um, I ended up writing down a bunch of things in my journal. One of them was, you know, that you, it's better to learn in like small chunks. And I th the thing that really got me was, this is my quiet time with the Lord, and he's asking me to go research well, how do musicians remember music, and I felt like it was related to reprogramming our brain, reprogramming our mind, to be in alignment with what the Lord wants. And whatever, you know, if it's going to be reprogrammed in our mind, it's going to definitely be in our heart, right? And so, so I'm like, okay, so one of the things um, that helps you learn is to learn things in small little chunks. And to do 
to re repeat it over and over and over again. And that, so that applies to reprogramming our brain, right? So we have the word of God and it says that we're supposed to meditate on the word. We're supposed to put it like on our eyes and on our forehead and on our hands and on our hearts so that um, we can start walking that out. And so the repetition of it helps us. And then one of the other things that I learned is that if it's a struggle, your mind ha happens to focus in on the struggle and it gets um, somewhat distracted by what you're trying to learn because it's got struggle in there as well. And it's remembering that you're struggling. So that way it's better. Like if you want to read um, the whole first chapter of James, like I, you know, I did that for a while. It was um, it was a really great study to try and just read the whole book of James. Well, you know, start at the first chapter. Well, then start in the first verse of the first chapter. Take it in little teeny sections and make it so small that um, it's easy to remember and your brain isn't mixing what you're remembering up with the message, oh, I'm struggling. And so you just repeat that over and over. But then the other part of it is that your brain learns better if you have a little bit of a struggle. Not a lot, but a little bit. So a little bit would be like, okay, I'm going to you know, memorize this song um, just one little section at a time. Or I'm going to memorize this scripture in James, and I'm just going to take the first verse. If I just read it over and over again, that's one form of repetition. But if you you know, read it, and then you don't look at it, and you go, now what did it say? And you try to use your, your brain to remember. There's a slight struggle, not a lot. But it helps with you, know, you remembering. And so um, anyway, I was going on this journey. That's kind of like the beginning of my days the start of my day journey. And I'd like to know, like, do you guys have any input about that? Well, Caroline Leaf teaches um, something all about the brain. She's a scientist in, in the brain. And she says that to learn something, uh, I think it's re, re, probably recoding what you already know. And you have to destroy the tree of the bad tree that remembers all the negative stuff in order to grow a different tree of positive and good stuff. And she said that you need to at least for 21 days, seven minutes every day, go over whatever you want. So I took... <laughs> Rather than just take one scripture, I had about five or six of them, and I sat and I would go over every scripture for seven minutes, and I'd go to the next one for seven minutes, go for the next one. I'm retired, so I can can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it does help. But I did it for 21 days. Wow. And, of course, when you go to bed at night, you can go over all of those different things. You can, But anyway, it what it does is it starts a... a a tree of good neurons so that you can think the positive and and all the negative junk gets you know cast away yeah we saw remember we watched that joe depenza video where he showed he actually they, they video i don't know how they showed it but but they you could watch it the pathway where the one pathway got weak 
And then the, the other pathway got, got stronger and stronger in the brain through, through them repeatedly. It was probably a speeded up camera shot of the brain's activity. Yeah. But you remember that showing that? Oh, I do. I was thinking of the same thing while Maxine was talking. So agree. And Caroline Leaf is, does a beautiful job of teaching us about the brain. It's amazing how God's just been opening that up over the last, I don't know, what has it been? Eight years? Maybe longer, at least for us. Um, we had another another gentleman, um, was his name Mark Bishop? And he did a lot. He, he was in, so we live in Colorado Springs, or we went to Colorado Springs. And uh, and he would do things with, uh, he was a doctor, and he learned that, you know, wow, if you change their brain the way they think, you know, then it, they'll start manifesting it in their bodies. It was a way for people to actually get healed. And so he taught about the brain so that people could get healed. And um, he was someone that went to Karis uh, Bible College and went on from there. So... But um, when you were saying that, when both of you were talking about that, what it reminded me of is, so this path that we have, right? Maybe we had some bad experiences and we have these bad paths and then we want to make good paths. Um, so what I saw just now was that the Lord was saying, okay, because you know that you have this path that you don't want to be on, you know, this maybe thought process. And it's been so ingrained that it's almost like uh, the Grand Canyon. Sometimes, you know, maybe several, you know, different depths of it. And so when you start, according to this video that Tom's talking about with Joe DePenza, and when you start thinking something new, it's like going this direction and you think a new thought and then it goes this, and then you think a new thought. And then the more you think a thought like you were talking about, Maxine, then it's, it's eventually starts switching and it, it'll eventually go, I'm no, I'm here. I'm here. This is, oh, no, I'm here. I'm here. And what I saw was like the, like, it's like taking a shovel and going, well, I dug this trench, but I want to be over here. So I'm going to dig, dig some dirt and put it over in that other trench. So it's no longer a trench. And I'm going to carve my new way in this way that leads to life and life abundant. <laughs> I love it when he does something visual like that, because I don't know, for me, I can see it and then it becomes more real and I can walk it out. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that, Maxine. Thank you. You're welcome. I did some uh, research on this as well. I, your husband's a guitar player. You play guitar? Your husband? The gentleman next keyboard. to you is your husband? Keep uh, keyboard. I, okay. I, is it, you, you play I played guitar. I played guitar. I played a lot of different instruments. I'm, I just, I take the path of least resistance. Whatever <laughs> instrument's easiest to play. <laughs> I played, I have a lot of different musical instruments. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, I liked what you said because I'm, I'm a guitarist and um, one of the hard things about the guitar is mastering, we call it mastering the fretboard. And it's not like a piano because a piano, you can visually see the black and the white keys on the guitar. You have, it's a grid. So you have to memorize, you have to lose a lot of memory in order to navigate through the instrument. So some of the workshops that I used to teach years ago, I did some summer workshops, and it was to do exactly what you're saying, take small little portions and master them before we go on to the next thing. And through this, and I did some studying as well on how the brain works, because I found that very interesting. And even some of what Maxine was saying rings really true. And part of our issue is we don't master things. We don't meditate on them long enough. We gather too much information and we surface through information and we build on that 
So years ago, I read a book by um, uh, the famous basketball player. I always forget his name. Um, Black tall. How t was he real tall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't Will Chamberlain, was it? No, it was, oh, what's the last? Anyways, you guys know his name. Michael Jordan. Yes, thank you, thank you. And he, he wrote a little wee book, and it really changed the way that I taught music, and it had to do with exactly what you're saying. And he said he wasn't as talented as the other guys in school. Some people were more talented, but he focused on the fundamentals. And because he mastered the fundamentals, at some point, he actually passed the people that were more talented than him. And he said, the fundamentals are what's important in any topic. And I always remember that. And I, I think it applies to anything with the word or with anything. We, we tend to take too many things on and we don't master the little wee things. So we have a lot of little wee things that we know and believe, but none of them have really deep roots or some of them might, not that none of them, but some of them may not have deep roots. And so therefore, at some point, we have to go back again to that one area because it needs to be mastered. And I think that principle is not just with instruments, excuse me, it's with anything that we want to master in, if it's, if it's art, if it's music, if it's the Bible and the word, or a, like you talked about, the same pathways. And I listened to Chris Blackaby, if any of you are familiar with him. Yeah, and he had a guest on once and it was a lady. She was also a doctor of sorts. And she came up and said the exact same thing. You have a, a pathway that you've created your whole life. And as long as you keep that pathway, it's creating a physical thing in your mind from one neuron to the next, and it becomes a physical thing. And that pathway becomes the rut that you go on. But as you start going down a different pathway, if you do that enough times, that becomes the pathway and the other one disappears. And so it's kind of just how I think our, how our mind works. And you talked on Sunday about our spirit, soul and mind. And I don't know how the other areas work, but definitely I think they're all connected with the same idea that if we just keep focusing and pushing and pushing and pushing, we're going to build a pathway in different areas that we want to master and even in spiritual things. So, yeah. so what you're saying is that we have to be disciplined. We have to be disciplined. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we don't want to be disciplined. But, but I like what you said that if we just take little chunks and what Maxine said, like seven minutes a day, I was teaching stuff to my students that if you just take one little thing and just, and I was saying 10 minutes a day, but I like the seven minute thing. Just 10 minutes a day, practice that same thing over and over and over, over after a period of a week and a half you'll have memorized that so well you can now build on that but my students would all they're young kids too they would all want to play something really fast and go to the next thing they never mastered anything i did the same thing but the mastery <laughs> it, has to, it has to do with discipline it but if we just take little chunks little chunks of discipline it becomes so much easier to, to do this right Yes. So as I was going on the journey, the other thing that um, added to it was just the repetition, like massive repetition, right? Yes. So it's not like the, your students, it's not just enough to where I know how to play it. It's like, I can just play it so much that um, I don't need to think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we do, you know, at, at home, um, especially we meet on Saturday nights, is we want to be able to play. Now, Tom's really good at this. He's played so many hours. He was playing at the World Prayer Center, you know, for what was it, two hours every Sunday for a bunch of years and stuff like that. Well, when you learn something and you can play it, right, you can play it and then you can play it without thinking. But then after a while, if you try and talk 
and play at the same time, then it takes you to another level. Well, can you do that? Or we used to do like, okay, can you drum and read the Bible at the same time? I, I can. I know you can. <laughs> we, were, we were trying it. It's a little challenging. But it's kind of like the different levels. You know, like you can repeat it to one level, and then you can repeat it to a deeper level. And the more you repeat it, the more you can multitask. And then when you're not even thinking about it, you know, what you've been repeating just flows out of you. And I think that's what we're supposed to be doing, you know, by putting it on our eyes, on our hands, on our heart, anywhere we can. The Word's living in us, you know, we're living in the Word. I mean, we are immersed, to be immersed in the Word, and not just to quote the Scriptures, but to live them out, to have, like, perspectives that go beyond what the Scriptures, you know, initially say. And, you know, so the whole point was the Lord was you know, using this morning, he knew that we were going to be here tonight and he knew what we talked about on Sunday to just like bring it deeper. Right. So how do we change our mind? You know, and the other part um, goes back to what your emotions are. If it's, if it's like, I am disciplined, I'm going to stand, you know, take seven minutes right now and I'm going to memorize this thing <laughs> or I'm going to play the drums and I'm going to memorize it, then that's not joy. And if you have positive emotions when you're doing this repetitious thing, then it it works so much better. And that's how you actually change is by engaging your emotions with the thing that your mind wants to do so that, you know, like we talked about on Sunday, the coherence of your mind and your heart and your actions, they're all agreeing. And so then everything says, oh, we're agreeing. There's no fights going on, you know, internally. So let's just do this thing. Let's get into this thing. <laughs> so what you're discussing totally reminds me of our book that we've recently published with Barnes & Noble. And it's knowing I am loved. Awesome. And there's activations where we say things together. Um, and yes. it's I am loved inside. Let's see. Help me. I am loved inside. I am joy inside. Beautiful. And. And I am perfect inside. Mm. Oh, that's great. So having having this read to the children together, especially before bedtime, instills that love and joy, peace, perfection. Yeah. Them, and definitely sends them off with Yeshua in their dreams. Yes. And that activates new brain patterns and you know that mm. thought of positive uh, thoughts. And everything is energy. We just learned that this weekend at the retreat. We were fortunate enough to spend the retreat time with uh, Gil and Medina this weekend. And uh, part of what we learned is our stories are just energy. And those stories that we continue to repeat either are positive or negative or just our story, but they can create, they create things. Mm -hmm. And I, I was set free this past week because of that. Uh, really just for the last two days i'll share it real quickly a testimony with it was um i had mentioned to uh i'll just uh cindy culpepper i don't know if anybody knows cindy and brian but uh cindy had mentioned to me or i had mentioned to her that i have these lung issues and she goes well uh if you have lung issues that means you're uh storing yes. grief and when you store grief 
uh, you, you may have lung issues. So I just, I just pondered on that. But as I did, I was taken back to a memory I had as a young child. Like I, I shared a testimony on the retreat, but it was uh, probably 10, 12 years old. Uh, my dad's uncle had passed away. So one of his daughters, my dad's cousin, she just let out a wail and mourning, you know, she had lost her father, right? And um, I remember the thought, and I don't think, I don't know if anybody else told this to me or said this, but I said that was inappropriate. You can't do that. Because mm -hmm. we're not much of an emotional family, so those that do do that are kind of looked at as, you know, they can't control themselves or whatever, right? Negative, <laughs> negative, definitely. And so over the years, through my grandparents' death and, you know, both sides, so on, and that now to my dad in 2015, he passed away in 2015, and that was when my lung issue really became more acute. Mm -hmm. And I, I went to the doctors, I tried to have them help me, weren't able, you know, they, get, they took a few pictures and they said, well, it's not cancer, You're, you know, it's okay. And I, I got kind of tired of just, having no help from them. But the last uh, year or so, it's really gotten worse. And so I just brought it up uh, to Cindy, but her telling me that, me pondering on it, remembering that experience, the very next morning I woke up, probably in the middle of the night was when I first noticed it. What I noticed though, because see the thing is, when you find those things, you then create the new energy path. And that's really what we're talking about here with this mind, changing our minds. We're creating new pathways, but we're actually saying energy patterns. We're changing an energy pattern in this body. And so by, okay, so Monday, Monday early morning, I started to sense that I was having more fluid, uh, but good fluid, because usually I'm very dry, I'm very stuffy, and that causes a phlegm in my throat and not, and not easy to wake up and breathe. So I'm, a lot of times I'll cough as if I was a smoker my whole life or something. And uh, so I woke up and I literally, I could feel my lungs had changed. I no longer had this lump in my throat kind of thing. And now over the past two days, it's, it's trying to come back, but today is a rainy day. So I'm kind of actually thinking, you know what, there actually is probably is more healing that needs to be done. But I have a flow now through this part of my body that was blocked before. And I am praising God, God, uh, did something by just showing me the tool that Cindy shared, that grief is stored in the lungs, focusing on that, releasing that, healing that, and God's been amazing. So I just wanted to share that, but I do think it's exactly what we're talking about because we're mm -hmm. creating a different pattern, a record, you know, uh, Chris Blackaby talks about the record that our body stores and we need to make that record a positive one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think that's exactly what happened to me this past weekend through the retreat. So, yeah. very thank cool. You. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And did you guys want to be recording this? Uh, it's not. I don't know. Is it recording or not? Is it recording, Tom? <laughs> I don't know. My my these phones are like I don't, I don't know if it is. Yeah, this is the first time that, that uh, Gil wasn't here to help me with the last minute stuff. <laughs> so I've been totally on my own today. Is it not recording? I don't know. <laughs> I 
My phone's been like just doing that. You were going to use my phone, remember? Yeah. Just doing the same thing. Okay. Last yeah. question. Yes, go uh, ahead. Yeah, Larry. Uh, what is the name of the person that uh, was ministering? Cindy, somebody? Yes, Cindy Culpepper. Uh, Brian Culpepper has been on the show. They talked to her husband. Uh, but she, they together have a, a, they call it the land in Mississippi. Um, and they, she de talks with people, deals with people, um, helps them, uh, you know, release a lot of trauma on their bodies. That really is probably the easiest way to say what she does. But I think she has lots of uh, do, uh, modalities, the ways of doing it. But uh, the thing that worked and that helped me was the tapping. She does the tapping on the, the sensory mm -hmm. systems, and and that releases a lot of trauma out of the body as well. And, and we did that several times at the uh, at the retreat. I, th I think they have so they they have Thank a you. wellness center, but they I think they have a website too that tells all about their classes and things. I don't re I don't remember what it's called. I especially yeah, like the spoons. Did you guys yes, do the yes, spoons? Yes, grounding. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, let me think a minute, Tom. I might might be able to think of that because you're right. It is uh, like reflective something. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I can find the name of that. Yeah. And you can just Google, yeah, you could just Google Brian and Cindy Culpepper, and it'll you'll find it. Because she said she does do it on Zoom as well, so you can do Zoom classes. I'm going to have my daughter, my oldest daughter, uh, talk to her. Uh, she has some issues that she's dealing with with herself and then also uh, my grandson. And I think she could get a lot of help from Cindy. So, What's his name? Cindy N. Brian. Brian. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, so I, you'll I love her. She's so amazing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> it's family time. It's like sitting <laughs> around on our couches. <laughs> I was... Um, I'm so appreciative of, you know, that God's opening all these things up, right? He talks to us about our brain, around the world. Everyone's talking about that, you know, vibrations and frequencies now. I mean, things are just opening up. I was, um, appreciate what Cindy and Brian bring as far as all the different modalities and, and all the, all the things that apparently are at their house. Did, I don't know if you guys met at their house, um, Probably not, because you were in Gulf Shores. They um, came to the they came to the retreat. Yeah, they came with mm -hmm. Steve, Steve Hampton, okay. and Brian. They played played a lot of things, and then Cindy would spend a few minutes in the morning, you know, getting us loose and stretched out, whatever, you know. And during that time, she would share some, you know, technique, and uh, so. And then you could have a personal uh, time with her. That's actually where um, we dealt with the uh, the lung. Well, see, we did. We never dealt with the lung issue. That's what's kind of fun about it was it wasn't about the lung issue that she dealt with. She goes, I just, I'm here to deal with your story, your energy. And so it was more of a conversation, although it, there's a lot of prophetic involved with it as well. So she said something, she then moved forward. We talked about just releasing tension and stress and confusion, different things that popped up to her. And so we went through and, and released all of that. So, I mean, there, there could be a, uh, um, I don't know that we ever, I think we might have done grief as one of the words that we, you know, kind of cleanse out of the body, but her letting me know that that was one of the, or that was the thing with lungs. It, I really believe that what really was what happened. So. And then it was so beautiful to watch him process with the Lord and release all these things um, in the morning, just 
just witnessing that. I don't, I don't know. How yeah, I called my I called my mom for example. I I called my mom um, because my dad's passed, and I just I said, you know, mom, I don't know that I've properly um, grieved my father's death um, mm. because one of the most touching parts about the retreat was uh, Steve was playing this. Uh, well, the good um, good good father uh jen johnson that one uh good good god or something like that uh and in there it says something about uh with my last breath i will praise the lord or something and that that brings me that brings me some sadness because my my father died because he could no longer breathe uh he had the copd to the point where his, his body would shut down because he couldn't get enough oxygen in so i think i had that fear as well as unprocessed grief uh, you know, possibly. But yeah. when we sang that song, I literally broke down in tears. And mm -hmm. it was really the only time that over the weekends that I did break down. So I knew it was mm -hmm. a sensitive moment or a sensitive situation uh, that God was dealing with. And, and I just praised him for it. And what I really did at that time was I just, uh, I thanked my, or I apologized to my father for not spending the last days with him. Because mm. I went in and visited him like once. I, I honestly, I, I think it was only once. He was in the hospital for several months, and I just never did that. I didn't. I don't do that, right? Uh, but I don't think any of us realized he was going to die because he had been in and out of the hospital for years, and you know he always came back home. Well, um, we were hoping that he would come back or he would be home for the Super Bowl, and he didn't. He didn't. Wasn't able to, and. <clears throat> He, like I say, he, he passed away short, shortly after that. But um, I, I forgot why I'm telling you that. But yeah, there was definitely some un, undealt with grief. And oh, I, that's what I said. I was apologizing to my father for not spending those that time with him, not realizing that his time was so short. So yeah. that was helpful to me to apologize to him in the spirit. Mm -hmm. So he's like going through all these emotional things this morning. <laughs> I'm like, my jaws just dropped. You know, wow, look at all this revelation and changes that are occurring in my husband. And then also, um, we had we had plant song therapy, speaking of the vibrations and different things, different energy patterns in our bodies. Oh my goodness, when this, I didn't think it was gonna affect me that much. And when this plant was playing her song, um, <laughs> I was totally enthralled, my entire body, and my hands kept doing like this wavy thing, and I could feel different vibrations in my core and moving up towards my head. It was just beautiful, mm -hmm. and Steve topped it off with a with a sound bowl um, experience, sound bath experience with the bowls, and. I was so moved and changed that I went into the session in pain in my neck and I had no pain at all when I was done and I felt wonderful. <laughs> I'm going to share it. It was called creative movement and sound um, at gmail.com. So I'm sure their, their thing is called creative movement and sound. Um, are you talking about Brian and Cindy's website? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll share awesome. the, the, the email. I'm sure they won't mind. So. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. 
Well, one of the things that um, that I learned today is, um, so you were talking about grief, and I know that they talk about different parts of the body representing um, different areas, like the stomach is, is another area. And um, so I had this appointment with somebody who's like, um, works where Tom works. He's one of the wellness doctors at the, the resort where Tom works. And, uh, and he's, he does uh, frequent, he does the um, many different modalities, but one of them has to do with like muscle testing to find out like what is your body ready to release? It doesn't need anymore. And um, the first thing that he told me today was that I had uh, something going on in me where my subconscious was not agreeing with the freedom that my conscious wanted. So my conscious wants joy and happiness. And my subconscious says, no, you can't do that. If you do that, things are going to go wrong. And so he says, what happens is that your subconscious sabotages what your conscious wants to do because it thinks it's protecting you. And so he does this this uh, therapy that releases the neurological settings that you had. It's kind of like um, shutting your computer down and then booting it back up again. And now it doesn't have the things in memory that it did that before that corrupted it. So uh, I thought that was really interesting. We had this really great conversation about, well, well, how does that involve heart math, you know? And so he's like, oh, yes, I'm so involved in heart math, you know? And so what I realized is that your conscious and your subconscious need to agree. And that's what helps your heart have a message and your brain and your heart have this coherence. So how do you know, you know, if your subconscious is sabotaging your efforts? Well, I guess that one of the ways of finding out without being, you know, a specialized doctor or something would be to look at what you're doing in your life, what you want and what doesn't seem to be working out. Maybe there is some kind of self-sabotage that's going on that you don't even know that it's going on and it has to do with your belief system, which brings me full circle back to the Lord this morning saying, you know, why don't you find out about this repetition thing? <laughs> you know, how do, how do you memorize, how do people memorize all this, these notes and timings and all this type of thing, the lyrics for songs? It's by the repetition and also to know what's the fruit of your, of your, your intention are you actually bringing it forth? I mean, I know that intention is supposed to manifest things, but if your subconscious is in the back and it's not playing along with your intention, then it can cause such a, a problem. Has, has anyone else experienced anything like that? Yeah, I have uh, was praying for uh, some stuff because I've had some health challenges. So thank you for that information. I'd like to reach out to uh, that uh, Cindy, um, but I remember once praying and I felt the Lord tell me um, that I was double-minded. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? I knew what it meant, <laughs> but I realized, <laughs> but for a second, I'm like, no, I'm not double-minded. I'm pretty clear on what I want, but it's exactly what you're saying. It's like- As you were being double-minded. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it was yeah, because you can, your intention is to have something, but then all these other thoughts come in to exactly what you're saying. You sabotage yourself. And some of that is just an old program that you've just, um, it's just sitting there. And, and, and the only way to get it out is, is either through what these people teach or creating a new path. 
But I think double-mindedness is a big issue in many of our lives. Like we, we look at that scripture in James, oh, a double-minded man won't get anything from the Lord. It sounds like God's holding back. But God's just saying, look, you can't have this if you are double-minded because your intentions don't know what to do. Yeah. It's like your intentions, you're intending this, and then next week, next day or the same minute, you're intending that. So God's not yeah. holding back. We're just not able to focus on that one thing that we need. And yeah. so I, I really like what you're saying. It's very true. Uh, there's a, <clears throat> I, I mentioned a, I don't know, a couple Sundays ago, I mentioned this scripture that I couldn't remember. And then I found the scripture, but but this is from the Old Testament in Proverbs. This is Proverbs 16, 32. And it's, <clears throat> it says, he, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. So it gets back to the ability to be unified within. And then that's actually a, 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 I mean, I think that's what the Lord's looking for from all of us sooner or later, that unity within, within us so that we can be, so that we can be a, a full channel of God's spirit through us and not have all this clutter and, you know, just different things getting in the way. <laughs> Of the you know of the out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. So anyway, but I but having said that, it isn't like I'm doing that or I know the magic formula or you know MX am this am the poster child for that. But I just know that that we all are dealing with <laughs> you know overcoming those things, and that's another thing is it's like this thing seems to require overcoming. What's the deal with that? In other <laughs> words, this journey we're all on requires overcoming what you know in other words if a, if a person doesn't <clears throat> understand that or value that then they may not want to take the steps or put the effort in or or see the value of of overcoming that you know and then they're not going to be focused so anyway that's another you know i mean it's all about those in chapter two of the book of revelation about he that overcomes you know all, all those promises for he that overcomes Anyway, and they're very significant. Anyway, one of them being, and your and your name will not be removed from the book of life. What does that mean? In other words, if you overcome, your name will not be removed. Is that saying that if you don't overcome, your name will be removed? I don't know. It's pretty significant. Little, there's a lot of significant things in that uh, Revelation too. Anyway, concerning overcoming, which you know, so that's part of this. So there has to be that desire to overcome so that we can do the activities or the whatever they are so to to bring unity within i guess yeah anyway yeah how we overcome oh, go ahead go ahead i think that how we overcome is really important you know are we are we um judging the situation and striving to to correct it or else, you know, we fail. Or are we pausing and stepping back into our secret place for peace with Yeshua and mm -hmm. counseling with Jesus, pondering um, <clears throat> with Jesus and receiving wisdom, divine wisdom to yeah. lead in that direction? Well, it, it, it would seem that <clears throat> this overcoming, you would think couldn't happen apart, apart from intimacy Otherwise, otherwise, only the, the, the super diligent, focused, 
you know, personalities would be doing this or would be able to overcome. And I don't think the Lord that that's that it works that way. I think it works. I would imagine it's gonna it'll work through relationship and intimacy with Yeshua. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you know, your super disciplined person can do it without a relationship, and I don't think the Lord will it'll allow it to work that way. In fact, I wonder if that's kind of what you know. If you look into the, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, like for example, the Tower of Babel. So they were very di- focused and disciplined to do this thing. But the Lord, like, well, wait a minute, you know, we're, I'm not in this. So, so he doesn't let those kinds of things, you know, or, or they produce an, a, a, a uh, unbalanced fruit or a twisted result where there's corruption in the fruit. If the alternative it po- reality. <laughs> so anyway. But I think we do put the performance into it more than perhaps. I'd like to actually have a Hebrew study of it, Diane, and see is it really a person who is overcome? And that's the Holy Spirit taking over. We've given mm. it authority. We've given it permission. <laughs> we've opened the door for Holy Spirit to rule and reign or, or uh, mm. you know, Yahweh. But there's, yeah, I really think we've created this performance part of overcoming. It probably is not meant there. And I to- I'm, not, I'm not picking on you, Tom, but that's, uh, I think... <laughs> We have some of that old language that likes to keep pushing us, right? <laughs> well, right. Be, well, because right. it's it's about that striving, you know, uh, yeah. you know, work, do yeah. the whole thing. You know, I'm not good enough, and if I just try harder and do the right, if I push the right buttons or use the right words or use the right system, if I know the right Hebrew letters to work together or whatever it might be, you name it, then the magic will happen. <laughs> like there's formulas to it anyway yeah yeah so vivian did you have something you wanted to say yeah i i like that um what you're saying there you know uh, like romans 4 and then hebrews 4 so romans 4 is abraham uh you know you have to think of abraham i'm like when you read about him he's pretty messed up like he gave up his wife twice to save his life <laughs> i'm like wow thanks bud like you know and 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 god gave him all these things like gave made him wealthy made him like did all these things and he all the bible says romans 4 says he just believed god he didn't look at his body he just said yeah i'm gonna trust god and it, it it's what uh larry was saying about or you were both saying larry um all these formulas that we try when abraham i'm thinking he didn't have the bible he didn't have nothing yeah. he just believed and then yeah and and we always try to get a formula and the other thing <laughs> i felt the lord telling me this like just do what abraham did and then romans uh, or sorry hebrews said they didn't enter in because of unbelief let's labor to enter into rest yeah so that's kind of a contradicting thing but so you uh, to me it's like okay i just believe and then i walk into rest and that's got to be the hardest thing and and then the, the, of course king james i don't know why they translate it as labor into rest because that's a really hard concept to get it doesn't make <laughs> i think it means strive. yeah you know, let's strive so we can rest <laughs> <laughs> it's like hurry up and wait you know um but i think i think the key to me is you just like Abraham, you just believe God and you, you get the grace. Just I just need grace because I cannot change 
these things, no matter what formula, no matter what I do, I can't change these things about myself. I'm going to believe you, Lord. You're going to change this. You're going to help me. And I'm going to rest. And uh, it's hard to do that. But I think that that's what we're supposed to, we're called to do is to just trust and rest. A slight, slight side bunny trail concerns. Then I was thinking, well, is there, was there anybody in the Bible that didn't have issues? So let's th let's think about, can we think of somebody? Then I was thinking of Enoch. They don't really talk about that Enoch had issues, but everybody else, you name it, they like Solomon, you know, he started off great and then it went downhill and all the rest of them, they had like issues. Well, the more <laughs> like, Abraham lied, the more God prospered him. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can look at this God because if we think of Abraham, then you read his life, you're like, okay, well, not only did you, fool around on your wife you gave her up when you yeah. went to see the king and you did it twice yeah. you know so so you think definitely wasn't because you were a really nice guy it's because yeah. you just trusted god yeah you know you just yeah. believed god and that, that was it we are all taught by we are all taught by god and we're not taught by man and also yeah. the company that we were they were under see that Abraham was before the law as well so he did not it's not about performance in that one yeah. uh, he had the Edemic well no, whatever he had the Abraham covenant but it was more of the the new covenant um, yeah. uh, Jonathan Welton has really good teaching on uh, different covenants that each uh, patriarch or kind of things walk, were walking in it, it's yeah. pretty good stuff yeah. uh, did, I don't know if you guys heard like I was watching a Christopher Carter teaching on YouTube and he was he was basically saying, "Come on, let's just be honest. All of our lives are like dumpster fires." That's what he said. That's what he said. In other words, things aren't all perfectly lined up and working really super well. Wow. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Well, I was anyway. thinking about how if you look at it from God's perspective, and He's just saying, you know, like, okay, here's all everything packed into one place. Now let me just back up and go, okay. Well, we needed, you know, what the patriarchs did because there were lessons that if we didn't have those lessons for people to have later on, you know. So if you look at it from the big picture, then it's like, okay, wonderful. This there's a reason for it, and there's a reason why Abraham, you know gave his wife over, you know, so that they wouldn't get killed and all that kind of thing. It doesn't make sense to, you know, maybe him or her, maybe her at the time. But and you look when you look at the big picture, it does. I couldn't hear you, Debbie. Oh. I don't think it would make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have something to say about that. Well, I found that um, grace <clears throat> You know, the Bible says about we go into the throne of grace to receive help in time of need. Yeah. And um, I have found that to be the real secret spot because, um, as I mentioned, I had some health issues and uh, there were times when I really didn't know how I was going to make it in the next minute. And so I would really go right in God's face and just somehow I would say I have to have XXX for me to do this or whatever I was trying to do. And I just really just believe God. I just, I had no choice. I find sometimes when you're really put against the corner and you just walk right into grace, you get it because yeah. you have no choice. 
and you just have there's no option i have to have this i just have to have it yeah. and, I would, and i would instantly get god deliver me for that time and i'm still working on stuff but i have had that happen so many times but i've really learned um how to go in that secret place and just put my hand out and just believe god for that grace and it would happen and that grace bypasses anything it's just a moment of belief and you just you just believe it and you yeah. reach out and take it and it's there for you and to me it bypasses any uh, what's the word media not mediocrity but yeah is that the word where mediocrity um meritocracy meritocracy where you're uh, you're working for it there's no it's beyond anything you could possibly do you just take it you know yeah. that is your father it's like when your father gives you i'm going to give you the keys and you just say hey you said you give me the keys so sometimes i would just say to god hey god you said this and i'm just taking it i'm just taking it i have to have this right now and i would believe it by faith and i would get it and it was nothing but god's grace that's all it was nothing else simple yeah recently um i've in bumpy places I've seen myself, you know, step back and actually seen myself moving out of my secret place of peace and into anxiety and wanting to control. So I would physically, just like you said, take the break, just relax with Yeshua in my place of peace, in my secret place, and then move back into a conversation. And it from that place of peace and rest and love and things went much different than they probably would have. Oh, that's so good. We have to be able to have that that point where we can just stop and go, wait a second, I need my quiet time so I can approach this rightly. And that, you know, talking about grace, you know, again, if we didn't need grace, then we wouldn't know how to give it. And the Bible talks about multiple grace. So it's not just grace. It's like it's like levels and realms of grace. And yeah. I think the more something we struggle with, then the more grace there is. It could be sin or it could be health or it could be anything. That the, the, as far as that problem goes, the grace even goes further into that realm that's yeah. way beyond it. And I think we really as people need to learn to really reach into that grace and pull it into our life and make it a reality in our everyday life and everyday struggles that we have. I'm so glad that we can go boldly to the throne of grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you said, Lord, you said you're going to give this to me. I'm taking yeah. it now. <laughs> I you said I could come boldly. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and the more I find the more desperate your situation is, the more bold you get. You do. I had some times when I got so bold, and I'd go back and go, "I don't believe I just did that," but <laughs> but I did it. And and you know what? There was no repercussion from it. There was no. Uh, I didn't feel condemned. I felt that God was fine with it. And I was some point really, really bold, like like really in God's face, and saying, "You said this. You said it, and I, I don't care. You said it. You shouldn't have said it. If you didn't mean it, you shouldn't have said it. You said it." And I'm taking it. And he honored that. I went, okay then. Amen. <laughs> taking your authority. Yeah. I think part of that uh, positioning, well, this is what the striving part is the positioning. I think if we position ourselves at the throne, right, 
boldly. That boldness is saying, I'm, I'm positioning myself right here, Daddy. You, you said, right, all of that kind of thing. But instead of using the word take or pull, I feel like anointing is smeared, right? It, we just position ourselves, and his love is going to pour on us. And it takes out that striving. It takes out that taking. It takes on to that grip, right? Sometimes we talk about, I'm just going to hold on to this because, it, no, guys, he, he wants to flow through us. He wants to love on us constantly. And trust me, I don't live there, I don't, but I want to, right? That's that place <laughs> where I want to get to. And, and I'm striving, I guess, but we do. We just stay in a position where he can love on us. And I think it takes away all of that performance, all that achieving, all of those things of taking and holding and um, striving, except for positioning ourselves. I think the right, right word is position. We, we position ourselves with a torn veil, uh, a willing vessel to be poured into, the, you know, that kind of language. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. Um, I had this vision of, while we were talking, of coming to the throne. So the Lord has given us these promises, whether they're individually or, or corporately. And he's like, okay, so at my throne, I'm going to lay out all these things that I promised for you, right? And so all you have to do when you need help, now just come and the gifts are there waiting for you. I want you to have them, but you need to come and get them. But they are provided. That's what I mean by taking, you know, because Matthew, um, uh, Matthew 24, I think says, whatever you desire, believe you have received it. And the word is take. So taking means um, not in a way that, in, in my opinion, anyways, or my experience, not in a way of, of, of performance, but if some, if God puts food in front of me, well, he put it there, I got to take it to eat it. So yeah, it's yeah, my, like yeah, it's my version of my part to play. So yes, he does lavish things on us, but I make the mover. I'm just reaching out and saying, okay, I received this. So it's my arm going into the spirit realm and pulling it out and applying it to myself. So that's kind of what I mean, um, Larry, about taking, but I understand what you're saying as well. I do need to eat the food though, if he puts it in front of me. Right, but well, what if, what if, particularly when you talk about taking something from heaven, you're in heaven, right? We don't have to pull it down. We don't have to take it. I, maybe I'm not. Yes. I'm not coming against you. I, I re absolutely receive what you're saying about taking it into us, right? That yes. that I completely grasp what you're what you're what you're saying, and that that's really good. That's really good. And I think Larry too. It's it's also been an evolving process for me. Before I understood it about going through the veil, I was reaching in and taking it because that's all I knew, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. Now when I picture it. I still am taking it, but I'm just picturing myself in front of God's hands. And, I, and in my mind, I picture two hands in front of me and the gift of whatever I'm asking for is in there and I take it. So it's kind of how I process the information. But yes, we are in heaven already. But I definitely before I didn't know that I was I was reaching in into heaven. Now I'm just reaching, putting my arm forward. But I am in the heaven. So that's very good. And it's also good to see his his face smiling back at us while we do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank you finally figured it out. He's saying, yeah, you finally figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I prepared it for you. You know, like, hey, there's this big banquet. You know, do you want to come and yeah. partake? No? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Treasury of heaven is for you as an individual. Yeah. We each have our own treasure. And yes. we get all that we could ever ask for. 
Yeah, it's great. Creates a discovery of what's in there, what's already there, and uncovering it. And that's kind of the bold. That, that says boldness to me. What, what she just said. Yeah. So that that totally this reminds me of a previous ascension. I end up saying this phrase a lot, but. Um, <laughs> And I know we're getting close to time, but I just want to share this. So one time the Lord was telling us about his big treasury room and how he wanted us to go into his big treasury room um, by the spirit and find and create these care packages for other people. And it was interesting because you wouldn't go and create something like they might say, well, you know, hey, I need this and this and this. But instead, it was, it was by Holy Spirit leading us. And, the, you know, the angelic realm was helping the seven spirits of God. I mean, all these other beings were helping us. And it was so big, you were like flying around in the spirit going, oh, well, what they need is they need this so that they can have peace or whatever. It was like the gifts that came were so much different than what you thought they'd be. But his treasury room was huge. And he was like, just go out there and pick up what they need and put it together in a bundle and then give it to them by the spirit. <laughs> it was awesome. Anyway, I, I still remember that time. <laughs> I and, remember okay. praying for, oh, go ahead. Okay, just one little thing before. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, it was that, and since you've come here once, you can come back here anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, because I, I remember having experience about praying for some missionaries. They were going to uh, uh, Vietnam, and um, they, I kept seeing this. We all were all praying in the circle. We were, everybody was there, the ones that were leaving, plus the ones praying for them, and they, we were talk, they were talking about the supplies they would need. And what I saw was this pile of supply. There was a, a, a beginning pile, but as people were taking from it, more would keep coming back into it. So it never was ending, and it was actually becoming a, you know, even more abundant the more they took from it. And I think that speaks a lot of what, what we're saying here. It's an endless supply. It's yes, right there for yes. all of us. Yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> Well, it's been a wonderful time with all of you guys. <laughs> Very great. Thank you so much for all of your participation. We're, we're getting close to the end of our time together. So I just, thank you. Thank you for sharing your part. <laughs> Yay. Well, we look forward to seeing you again. Okay. God bless. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.